Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Edging On Podcast, the season finale of Edging On Doug, where we put Doug's first movie to bed. We're going to discuss our thoughts. We're going to discuss our takes. We're going to have some games. We got some guests. I am Drew. Nighty night, Doug. I'm Sam. (laughs) Time to put this motherfucker to rest. I'm Adam. (laughs) And our special guest for today... I'm going to euthanize Doug. <laughs> I'm Riley. I'm Alexis. <laughs> what are you going to do to Doug, Alexis? I'm going to I'm going to him with stick. Not a big stick, one of the little sticks. Doug's brain's going to fall out his ear cuz you hit him so hard with the stick. His eyes going to pop out like that Asian kid in The Walking Dead. Oh. <laughs> Just my luck. (laughs) Alexis popped my brain out with a big stick, and Patty Mayonnaise isn't going to go to the dance with me. She's going to see my one protruding eyeball, and she's not going to want to talk to me ever again. He's going to have some crazy fantasy sequence, but it's just going to be his brain being flooded with DMT as his (laughs) shit shuts down and he dies. (laughs) The ambulance is going to chew up with morphine, and he just has all these crazy quim and hallucinations that just have no narrative. That, yeah, it's like it becomes like a like a Johnny got his gun, but with Doug. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, Alexis actually went into the Doug universe to attack Doug in the eye with a stick, but she forgot what Doug li- looked like, so she got Ned Coffee, the Roger bully. She poked out his one eye. Oh. <gasps> it works oh. because Alexis is the most Doug character out of all of us. <laughs> yes, sir. That was me. <laughs> I was in Doug. What would you do if you went into I Doug was... and you were trying to hunt him down, and then he's like, Oh, you made a mistake. You're in my domain now. And then he fantasied you away. <laughs> Alexis, were you in you Disney's were doing... Doug or Nickelodeon's Doug? Um, I think uh, whichever one's more slapstick, so maybe Nickelodeon's Doug. I can see it. I can see her having, yeah, the, uh, the uh, the the weird mischievous energy of the original Doug show <laughs> from Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh heavens! So. Golly me! What a time to be alive with our friends talking about <laughs> Doug again. <laughs> Riley. Yes. Can you do an impression of Doug acting out the Normandy scene from Saving Private Ryan? How do I even do that? <laughs> We need to have, like, a constant ringing in the background. I need to get, like, a tuning fork just to capture that essence. And then just, like, like Skeeter's walking in the background holding an arm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Skeeter, you're bringing enemy fire down on our location. Ro- <laughs> Skeeter, this is Fubar. <laughs> Roger's definitely the guy as Adam <laughs> Roger's definitely the guy who gets shot in the helmet and then when he takes his helmet off to look at it gets shot in the head <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then Roger's uh never mind I don't know if it's okay to say that I was, uh, I was gonna say he's, we'll he's the out. Nazi who gets sniped through the scope oh <laughs> I, I think Robert Roger's Crusher's... the he's the Nazi they let go he's just got that that little uh, zest to him. He just loves destruction and murder. And then fucking the Sleets brothers are the guy on the stairs who doesn't help that guy from getting killed. He's too afraid. <laughs> it's both of them together on the stairs. <laughs> just wearing uh, one big jacket. 
I just we're can't like five stop minutes minute. into this and we haven't talked about the fucking movie at all. I just can't <laughs> stop thinking about what would happen if we did a, a season on Saving Private Ryan because it sounds like we've <laughs> always got some real thoughts on this movie. We've got some hot takes. What an interesting tone that imagine. one would have. <laughs> yeah. On today's edging on, on today's <laughs> edging on Saving Private Saving Private Ryan. Two minutes. I'm just imagining Robo Crusher in the machine gun nest at Normandy firing down on all the Allied soldiers <laughs> saying, For Roger! <laughs> that was a very good Robo Crusher impression. Who, me or Drew? Both. Oh. Don't make me choose. Oh, but Drew was, was who else responding to? <laughs> whoever it applies to whoever takes the compliment gets the compliment as the old <laughs> adage goes yours is also very good but I was referring to Drew with my with my compliment before you started Aww. but I can edit mine to make it sound robotic Drew doesn't get the same love <laughs> oh, no. editor perks I love this idea of Doug popping up in random movies imagine, imagine Roger in Total Recall you know Seeing that alien prostitute, so you make me wish I had three hands. Speeder's <laughs> <laughs> oh obviously Quato. <laughs> he just pops out of what's his dad's name? Joe Valentine. Joe Valentine <laughs> <laughs> sits on his little tummy there and reaches out his little baby hand. There's something special about you, Doug. If you replace Doug's like just constant misfortune with stupidity, you have the stupids. Oh, Can you imagine Doug and the stupids? <laughs> Can you imagine somebody outside of this Zoom call who knows that the stupids exist? <laughs> Skeeter would definitely be Stanley Stupid. Can we say that at least? I, What's the I, stupids? Oh. Sam, take it away. The Stupids is the best film ever made. It is a, <laughs> it is I think a, I, what Sam means to say is the Stupid is a very average. It's a very film. aesthetically pleasing, very. It's a it's a very fun to watch but not great movie. It's the kind of movie where you can watch the whole thing, have a great time, and go, "That was pretty bad." It's the kind of movie that guaranteed just sat in studio libraries for two years until they remembered they had. <laughs> the rights to it, and then finally pushed it out to DVD or video or whatever. There was this long-running theory that the movie was made as a dunk on Tom Arnold. Like the, <laughs> there was a long-running theory that the director of the movie hated Tom Arnold because the poster of the movie just <laughs> was Tom Arnold is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> With a big picture of his face on a yellow background. <laughs> I just saw someone tweeted about it like yesterday. Tweeted at Tom Arnold, had the gall to say, hey, is it true that the director hated you? And Tom Arnold just replied, I've got paid $5 million to be in the stupids. <laughs> That's fair. We've all done jobs we're not proud of. Like, like making the making the stinky thumbnail for this podcast. Ugh. You should be very proud of that. That is a, a beautiful thumbnail. People oh, that you. don't even get it will enjoy it. I wasn't trying to bait compliments. I was being an asshole to the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> but thank you for taking it in a good direction. Compliments I want, deserved. I want to practice my Roger impression to the point that I can sing ballads in a Roger voice. Like, sing... 
you know, just like that classic big band 50s ballad in, in the Roger voice and just release an entire album of that with that cover. Fucking Believe by Cher by, by Roger. <laughs> if you believe, there's life after Doug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. That's going to be a little side project between seasons. We're going to be doing some research and thoughtful uh, rumination over what songs would belong on a Roger 80s ballad. Yeah. Get ready for the fucking three CD compendium of fucking Doug cover songs we're going to put out. If you're watching television at 4 a.m., you're going to see a commercial for it. The thought also came to me of Roger appearing in the movie Avatar, where, you know, he plays the military colonel, and he's talking about going to scare the hoo-ha out of some blue boys. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need another reminder that that actually happens, and that's not us trying to impart racism. (laughs) That is an actual line from Doug's first movie. That's not us. Yeah, watch the rest of the podcast, <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Don't, don't cherry pick. The Blue Some Boy blue line's a classic. Was... <laughs> if they don't know the Blue Boy line, they're fake fans. There, there was a blue guy who was really upset for about three seconds before you clarified. <laughs> what? All, the, the Blue Man group was listening. And they got really upset for a second. <laughs> Can we get the Blue Man group on for an episode? Oh, shit, guys, they're here. Blue Man group, how are you doing? Vicious oh, drawing. I... I, 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 forgot they don't, I forgot they don't speak. What a bad interview we got. Oh. <laughs> they only communicate via drums. <laughs> that means they're pissed. <laughs> Alexis can be the translator for the Blue Man crew. <laughs> Alexis, translate for us. <clears throat> that means they're going to pee in your shoe. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. We should have never crossed the Blue Man Group. You can't stop them from peeing their shoes because they are Blue Man Group. You don't just refuse Blue Man Group's advances. (laughs) Their pee is worth more than my life. Everyone knows the Blue Man Group, their courtship ritual is to pee in your shoes, as Adam has said. (laughs) Would their pee be blue? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Delicious looking. Well, Alexis is the resident expert. Now, what you don't know about the Blue Man Group is... They they have a, a an enemy among the oh, race. Oh, yeah. Really? It's what Gargamel. That? <laughs> oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> He's trying to make food of them. Delicious blue folk. When I was a little kid, for a while, I had a bad ca- a bad habit of sleeping in my clothes. But my mom curbed it by telling me that if I slept in jeans, the Blue Man Group would come through and suck all the blue out of my jeans while I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> My jeans are all acid washed. I still choke every time I hear the Blue Man Group. Someone's been beating on my dresser. Ma! I imagine they're like shrunken and crinkled like a raisin, but they're just white. (laughs) What if they're really only like two feet tall, but the camera just makes them look taller? Like we're put through the taffy machine. (laughs) <laughs> the blue man group like in Willy Wonka yeah. Yeah. in the Chonka Funka in the Chonka factory what if Doug yeah, they was in have, Willy Wonka they have the width of a sheet of paper so they can just slide under Sam's door and just <laughs> <laughs> take all the color out of his shoe, or his pants while he sleeps I just hear the, the drumming in the hallway softly <sighs> guys yeah mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta keep it real with you I'm, I might not be my usual peppy self this this podcast because you know, I got a, I got a ticket today, and 
the thing is, I was only slightly in the yellow zone. I don't understand why they got a ticket. You know, sometimes when problems like these arise, I like to imagine myself as my superhero persona, the Dodo Dude. How would he handle this? What, what would Dodo Dude do? W D D D D I think that I'd find the monstrous police officer who's going around giving parking tickets to people and say, You can't do that, you villain! And then he'd like punch me through a building, and then my superhero dog, Dodo Dog, would then go up and then like take his his butt cheeks and tie up a knot around him and then i'd kick him into the sun i i kind of think i i vibe with what you're saying there because i i kind of had something similar recently where i i I don't know if you guys heard about this but uh a flatbed backed over my new car and and oh yeah i've been trying to 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 like get the insurance company to deal with it but they, they just keep sending me to voicemail and the owner of the company won't talk to me and i just and sometimes I just get really frustrated with like that, with like that, and it seems like there's nothing I can do. I just kind of imagine myself as, as my own character. I call Pheasant Lad, and I just, <laughs> I went down to the tow truck company and I put on a Sherlock Holmes hat, and I found a little <laughs> bit of my paint, and I said, "Aha, a clue!" And I took my big old magnifying glass and saw it. But then the owner came out to fight me, and I got all big and strong after I ate my spinach, and I beat him up. But yeah, so I think I understand. Hearing all you guys' problems. Makes me kind of relate in a way. I just found really? out that uh, the Taliban has once again seized control of As- Afghanistan, specifically Kabul. Mm. It's got me kind of worried, and when I get worried, I turn into Partridge Al. <laughs> and that just makes me. Partridge Pal so darn pop and mad that he's gonna <laughs> rather than fly as birds do, he's gonna hop a, a one-way uh, flight to Kabul, and he's gonna have a nice sit-down Ben Shapiro-style debate on the ethical decision of the Taliban taking over Kabul, and then he's probably gonna have his mind changed really easy because he's a sucker for a strong argument, and then he's probably just gonna end up joining the Taliban. <laughs> The power of Partridge Pal in the hands of the Taliban? Adam, say it ain't so. Oh, no. With Partridge Pal, all of the nukes in the entire United States arsenal won't be able to save the world. Oh, no. It's, it's, there's, somewhere in here there's a lesson about, about like, the Dark Knight lesson. Don't, uh, what was it? Uh, don't burn your face. I, um... <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> don't burn your face. Don't leave the stove running. <laughs> Don't you remember the end of the movie where Batman has the Joker hanging upside down and then Batman says, I guess the lesson of this misadventure is don't burn your face. (laughs) You see, Batman, you see, Batman, you're like Doug Bunny and I'm Roger and I'm going to get you, Batman. We're two sides of the same coin, Batman. You see, Batman, my analogy is very thorough and takes into account most characters in the Doggeth cinematic universe. 
Like you know, Batman, at least Doug has a family album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I had to say how low-key creepy it is that I was just sitting here thinking about doing a Joker impression with a Roger voice, and then Drew goes ahead and launches into a Dark Knight bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens. That's why we're America's number one choice in podcast because we have the quick wit and we have some wonderful personalities. Wonderful personalities. <laughs> Speaking of which, this episode of Edging On Podcast is sponsored by Viva Paper Towels. I mean, you've used paper towels before, but Viva Paper Towels are the only paper towels I've ever used that are really like paper towels. They're like fabric, and they, it, they're so absorbent. I've been having a great time with these Viva paper towels. I've been cleaning up so many little messes around the house, and I can highly recommend Viva paper towels. I was, I was so waiting for you to say this episode of the podcast is brought to you by 2008's Dark Knight. <laughs> no, I'm just really passionate about Viva paper towels and the, the check they sent me. Well, that sure is responsible for you, making an honest living. So moving past paper towels and uh, Quail Man... You can never move past what are some other towels. things? What are some genuine impressions of this movie? Let's just go around and we'll do our traditional ranking of the movie and breakdown, perhaps, if Drew permits it. My impression, my impression of the movie is, uh, gee, Patty, what are you doing with that guy, Graham? Oh, fuck you, Doug. <laughs> you know that I can't slob down on your knob no more. Not since you got the clap. <laughs> oh, no. You gave it to me, Patty. Gee, Patty, these H.R. Geiger paintings all over your bedroom really make me feel insufficient as a man and as a lover. Sam? <laughs> yes. What are your impressions of this film? I was, I've been thinking about it more in the past couple of days, and... I know I've said in a couple episodes that I've seen this before, but I have, like, no memory of it. Mm-hmm. I thought about it really hard the other day. And I kind of remember the whole movie, but it's such a nothing movie that it took, like, really just sitting down and thinking about it hard to remember <laughs> watching it the first time. Because I, I think I said that before I thought I slept through it. But it turns out, no, I actually watched the movie. That's the experience of watching this movie and then trying don't, to remember it. Don't you even kind of feel a little bit guilty for having remembered the entire movie? I, I more vividly remember playing R-Type on Super Nintendo afterwards than I remember watching the movie. Riley, Alexis, step on up. Tell us what your impressions of this movie are. How does this make you feel? Um... Short dollops of pleasure with a lot of frustration in between. <laughs> a lot of being, wow, you know, that was actually a pretty good moment. And then a lot of, wow, this kid sure is fucking terrible, isn't he? <laughs> I, I gotta ask you about something specifically. Both Riley and Alexis. What do yes. you guys think about the boat wheel scene? <laughs> the boat wheel scene? Do you not remember the boobiel scene? Oh, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it's time for Sam and his boat we, wheels. We literally just watched this like an hour ago. What the fuck? Are you doing a bit? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe when we're watching the movie in 10 minute increments, we're just like grasping for anything. <laughs> just one what? inkling of joy in this film. When the henchmen are at Mr. Bluff's manor, and one of the henchmen finds, like, a boat wheel. Okay. 
You know, I felt like I was really there <laughs> in bootleg Bill Clinton's fake Oval Office. Didn't just make you so nervous. Didn't you just grab a hold of the to the loved one to your left or right and just just uh, buckle down in anticipation that your house might too tilt? You know, I was. I was I was falling all over the walls. <laughs> the damn house turned over. Alexis was so immersed in the movie that when the guy turned the wheel in the movie, she actually slammed against the wall. It was fucking <laughs> scary. It's, I thought she was possessed. It's some 4D shit. <laughs> I would love if there was an urban legend that all the people who watched Doug's first movie they, when the guy spin the wheel, they would suddenly experience anti-gravity in proportion to his wheel spins. Yeah, and all future viewings of the movie had to be uh, preceded by a little warning to say, uh, if you were sensitive to epilepsy or seizures, you might fall against the side of your house if the wheel turns. <laughs> you might experience sudden vertigo. <laughs> so, when there's a live love, uh, Doug movie... I want Linkara to be Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you watched Dr. Bob too. Why did you smash my lunch? Oh my gosh. <laughs> now you listen here, Linkara. I want that monster as good as yesterday. Bless. I... <laughs> the monster will no, be no, out no. when it's out. Stop asking. <laughs> what are you talking about? Doug Walker is Bill Bluff, Drew. <laughs> No, Doug Walker is Doug Funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'd be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> oh, you guys are so mean to Doug Walker. At least Lee Cara deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he deserves to be Bob. <laughs> Alexis, what did you think of Doug's first movie? So, I noticed the movie had a really uh, green message, you know. <laughs> No pollution. The green message is Roger. Yeah, I was gonna say Roger and his green underwear. <laughs> but I don't think it was green enough. I think we needed more Roger in his side plot of a tiny mech. Well, I mean, famously, the executive producer of this film was Al Gore. Mm. Oh, that explains a lot. No. An inconvenient I didn't see any man bear pig. Yeah, that's, no man that's the point. He was there. He made it so you didn't see him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he about man bear pig. <laughs> what? It's pretty difficult to forget. He's half man, half bear, half pig. Adam, it's true. You can't forget. You can't forget nine eleven, but you can forget man bear pig. Tragic. We see where you lie. Seems a little hypocritical to me too. <laughs> you know. I actually remember exactly what I was doing when I was a wee child on September 11, 2001. I watched that shit. I watched that shit on the news, and it stuck with me while I was playing Tony Hawk the following day. And all I could think about was what my alter ego, the Crimson Chromosome, would have done. Yes. I would have. I would have flown through the, the front window of the plane. And I would have nicely asked the terrorists to stop, and then I would have ripped into their chests and pulled out their still-beating hearts. Yeah. You kick-flip the engine out of the back of the plane. And then Tony Hawk was there. He was he was grinding yeah, he was on actually, the, the plane's wings, was, and he said, I'll save you, chromosome! Like, <laughs> I, we, we did a cool move where I got the plane kind of loose, and then he did the nine... Like, he jumped on top and did the 900 with the whole plane. 
<laughs> um, can someone tell me really quick if a 900 leaves something facing the original direction? Because if so, the Tony Hawk did 911. Okay. <laughs> no. Let's do the math here. <laughs> what? Actually, it'd be a little bit to the walk left or the right. I just need to know if Tony Hawk destroyed the Twin Towers. Damn, damn you it. elementary level math. <laughs> That's all we want to know. Let's just seven twenty is. Yeah, is you're right. It'd be, it'd be rotation. So yeah, be another one eighty would be backwards. Yep. All right. How easy was that? We wasted a lot of fucking time. That's what I was trying to explain. Pitching on podcast, the podcast that wastes your time. I wanted to round out our impressions with uh, the three regulars because we were kind of too busy goofing to do you know any hard hitting analysis or the like. So uh, I hope you don't mind me going first, but I've been kind of vocal about my thoughts of Doug tries to do what Twin Peaks and The Simpsons does where it has a town where like all these characters are weird and distinct and just going about their daily lives in the background but it fails at that for the most part with a few key exceptions but uh, this movie it, it feels it's almost impossible to appreciate on its own without like that knowledge of the show and these characters <laughs> and even if you have that it's still not very good Doug is just a terrible protagonist there's like no jokes in the movie but what few jokes there are I can appreciate so, I don't know I think I'd give it like I don't know like four blue boys out of ten you said there's no jokes, there's very few jokes, but did you not see the monster try to eat the book and subsequently Skeeter admitting that he ate the book and tried it, giving it his stamp of approval? What about the fucking... Yeah, <laughs> some people just don't the get the boat wheel. Camera. Wasn't that a, that I said a good few, gaff? that was one that I had in mind. <laughs> what about Mr. Dink's expensive voice? Yeah, man? that shit was wild. <laughs> <laughs> what about his VR... What about when Mr. Dink invented Oculus and then Roger invented Mechs? I'm not gonna be honest. I, I LOL'd really hard when I saw the the Robo Crusher's dying breath. He pulled out a pair of Roger's undies. <laughs> Roger, put on your undies. Your mother said to stop going. It's not going. Stop Why is that just Miss Falcon? Skins in your jeans, Roger. Oh no. That's kind of what it sounds like when the robot's dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 what's up, fuckers? Stop! I can't keep. I'm gonna have to cut <laughs> so much shit out of my mouth. Dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. If I may. If I may go next Sam? to my Doug impressions, I, I want to play devil's advocate here and say the more I think about it, the more I miss just like a really slow comedy where it's not necessarily about like a laugh a minute it's just kind of a bit of a little character piece i, I don't know something about it is it, just kind of sticks with me because i think about comedies now and i mostly like cartoon comedies especially i think about cartoon comedies now and and they all are very focused on making sure there's a constant stream of jokes so it's very refreshing when doug isn't funny <laughs> <laughs> I feel like having watched the movie Doug's first movie, 
I can just pretty comfortably say, if you ask me the opinion of most people, what what, what would be theoretically on this movie, I can pretty comfortably say they wouldn't like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's definitely fair, given that, like, I mean, outside of this very podcast, there is zero <laughs> interest for Doug the movie. Like, what? No. Well, see, I think I had a similar take as the two of you. My biggest problem is that there's a lot of character-driven in-jokes and intrusions. It's... They try to do... Excuse me. They try to do something similar to the Simpsons movie. I know that came out later, but it fails in the fact that the Simpsons was on long enough at the time the movie came out that even if you didn't watch the Simpsons, you pretty much know who everybody is. And even if you don't, they don't have specific uh, roles that are centered around the joke and the plot narrative and such. So I think that's my biggest problem is the fact that the characters everything is underexplained and just thrown at you. Without having seen the show and having, having the previous context, Doug is just in, impenetrable. This is one of those movies that you've you got to go really big brain time. This isn't for everyone. It's like Rick and Morty, where you gotta have a high IQ to really comprehend how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> Doug was the first Rick and Morty. Oh my god. God, I hey, wish Doug. I liked Doug, but I'm just too fucking stupid to get all the humor. Honk, honk! Hey, Doug, I turned myself honk. into a pickle. My pickle mosquito valentine. Honk. This movie yeah, is I think it's so average. No, that's that's even unfair because it's it's so. Bel- I would I would give this like a four out of a ten. It's really forgettable unless you I watch it twenty times, like like Drew and I have. I guess I didn't give it a numerical score on my go, but uh, I'm gonna use my classic rating scale of adding two points to Drew's score and give this movie a six. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Drew and I have the same score. This never happens. The thing is, it's very telling when the protagonist is so unlikable that you are naturally drawn to liking the antagonists. Like, even Alexis and Riley, who had no idea that we were latching on to Roger and Guy Graham, had this had the similar takes. Roger's just so much fun. You can't not like Roger more than Doug. Yeah, because like, it just it should have been about Roger. Like, everything should have been about Roger to begin with. <laughs> He's more interesting. He wears cool underwear and cool jackets. And did you see his tie for the dance? I was blown away. It was cute. It was great. Drew, I just had a crazy realization based on something you've mentioned a couple of times. The uh, the Judy spinoff show. How much do you want to bet that it was going to be kind of like a competitor or like a, a kid's version of Daria? And that was my first thought when you mentioned that. Yeah. I thought of Daria immediately. It's like... The spinoff is supposed to be kind of something on its own that's just, like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you bad talk Daria. Daria was pretty fun. Daria was okay. I don't know. (laughs) That was a weird-ass fucking show. It's better when you can get it with the original music. I remember so little about it, but the animation style, it was very ahead of its time because it had, like, a BoJack kind of look to it. (laughs) So where does this take us to? Where are we going now? Sam wanted to have us 
do some other characters' first movies. I'd like to pitch that we start nice and simple with Roger. Don't you give this to me. This is this is your idea. Don't you don't you put this idea on me. I'd like to start with Roger's first movie. I'd, I'd like us to go over a simple, silly plot, and I'd like to start over on the far end with Alexis. I, thank you. He's he's my favorite. I feel. So, it's your classic. It, it, in the beginning, it gives you Ferris Bueller Day Off vibes. Interesting. I like it. I'm listening. I'm intrigued. Go on. I'm already there. So, Roger skips school because who to build? You know, he's gonna he's gonna build the mech with the nerds. He's <laughs> gonna do it again. And, and, and he's gonna help him this time. Yeah, he's trying to make a, a hot lady for himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to build a fuck bot. Yes! This is the robot with the world's first retractable pussy hole. Hey, you sleeches, help me with my fuck toy. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's got a boner that won't quit. Time's ticking. Jay Roger, we just can't get the, the gyrating pussy's AI active. <laughs> okay, Riley, you take the next bit. Can I even, can I top that? <laughs> What's the complicating factor? This robot's so dry, it's like it talked to, it's like it talked to dog. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Wait, so I gotta pitch another character's first movie? No, no, we need you to throw. Uh, Alexis has given us the setup for Roger's first movie. What's what's the complication? Where does it go from there? Okay, um. <laughs> no, I can't say that. <laughs> Just give it a you try. Must, this that's the rule. Now you must. The, the sleeches, like, they put in, like, a really advanced board, and, like, the, the robot ends up having sentience, and, like, being that it's actually, like, just, like, a day or two old, it, uh,. It, it believes it's human enough that it uh, tries to get Roger for statutory <laughs> <laughs> I think we can leave that in, right? You might have to censor that the, the, the keyword there. I think people will get yeah. what I said, though. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's the conflict. <laughs> this is his hero's journey. What could she possibly have said? Statutory f- fun? <laughs> Look, I said I can't say that, and you guys are like, no, don't no, do it. No, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's all good. Luckily, the people that listen to the Edging On podcast all know that this is all in good fun, and we definitely don't believe that Roger is guilty of any statutory affairs. If you believe that Roger is guilty of statutory affairs, email us at edgingpodcast.gmail.com. With he proof. can't be, because he's also a minor. Problem solved, yeah. Roger is also a minor. Quick, Drew, it's your turn to funnel us to somewhere less demonetizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Demonetize, but fun, okay? What would we even call this? Robo... Robo fuck romp? <laughs> Robo sucker? What, what, what's the term for, like, the... Uh, oh, Roger's 90s... Roger's early 2000s boner comedy. Did you say boner comedy? The, bice- yeah. the bicentennial, Adam- <laughs> the bicentennial Adam- sleep. <laughs> the bicentennial sleep. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we get a quick pause here? Adam, are you not aware of the concept of the boner comedy? I have no idea what the fuck a boner comedy is. 
boner comedy yeah boner comedy is that is, is that very specific genre of comedy film where like 90 percent of the jokes is like look it's a girl in a bra <laughs> like look there's movies uh, more like beer fest that that sort of Be- yeah any others uh early gotcha. 2000s especially okay yeah okay. I'm, I'm definitely taking okay. an angle we're gonna assume roger is 18 for this movie he what <laughs> he is over 18 and, isn't and he little, Let's just say no. in general right here, as a rule of thumb, if we're ever referring to any characters that are minors in sexual scenarios. Especially ones that are, hear me out on this, fucking cartoon characters who are not real and will not be uh, having their feelings hurt by these things, so it's okay. And may Don't or may worry. not be 3,000-year-old vampires. Adam, you got lollies on your hard drive? I got what? Lollies? I don't have... You got pictures of Patty Mayonnaise's feet? We're, I'm not. You gotta uh, be quiet, fucker. <laughs> answer the question. This isn't admission or anything, but where where's that coming from? What what do you know? <laughs> you were just getting really defensive about about sexualizing cartoon characters. So I was just getting really hot and bothered thinking about just rubbing my ball sweat on Patty Mayonnaise's hair. <coughs> And then doing a, there's something about Mary and styling it up all nice. Like greasy, greasy <laughs> nut butter. I want to look like I'm in hairspray, though. <laughs> I might have, I might have done a laser disc. If I do, I'm going to have to watch it tonight. Something about never Mary? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yes, Ad, or Drew, I'm sorry, you're next. How, how does, uh, where does Roger's Boner uh, Comedy go from there? As much as I hate vetoing a friend, I think we can go back and say that uh, Roger does not get accused of statutory by a robot. <laughs> Robert Kardashian oh, breaks why? in and says, if the condom doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> I, I think that as the robot gains sentience, like Riley was saying, uh, the robot realizes that it loves Roger beyond its programming, and that as it watches... Doug become the hero after the saving the monster, the robot. This I'm is, sorry, I got nothing. I gotta pause. We're doing this in the same time. That's that's really that's really impressive. Okay, so I'm gonna set this as a challenge for the rest of these. We gotta keep these in the same time span of Doug's first movie. It's all set within the same time frame. Yeah, the whole day of the movie's plot. It's the most ambitious cinematic universe you've ever seen, where every single film in the universe is set within the same two hours of real time. Oh, speaking of that, just piggybacking off that real quick, I'm just now realizing, within the film's two or three days, they not only decide they're having a Valentine's dance, plan the Valentine's dance, and execute the Valentine's dance in a three-day span. (laughs) Is that not wild to anybody else? That's just now... uh, inhabiting my mind i i will argue that they probably already had the dance schedule but they just had to plan it well yeah but they like announced it in the beginning of the movie and as we know it was like a two or maybe three day span counterpoint hmm. a valentine's dance <laughs> so, so after so after roger does not commit a statutory yes uh the robots uh is made alongside Robo Crusher, Robo Crusher's sister, if you will, and it begins to get jealous of Robo Crusher spending all this time with Roger, and so Robo Sucker begins to uh, try to destroy Robo Crusher, 
and Roger has to come between them like in Pokemon the movie. <laughs> and he gets turned to stone. And only the tears of the two robots are able to free him from his stone binding. This is getting out of um, hand. No, it's it's not getting out of hand. <laughs> it's not. And it's your turn, Adam, to make it more out of hand. See, it's alright. So, where we come from there? We have, there's robots crying over Roger's dead body. As in, as he, as he's turned to stone, the tears of the robots drip down their their metally bodies, and they combine and form one giant tear. They drop right into uh, Roger's mouth, and he wakes up from his his stone <laughs> slumber, <laughs> and he he stands up and he just descends to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> They released his angel from the stone. (laughs) And that's where the sequel comes in. Roger goes to heaven. All Rogers go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see Jesus, blue boy. (laughs) Adam, while I love your scenario, I think you've neglected to to consider the fact that I have to finish it, which means that's not the end of the movie. After Roger dies and goes to heaven, Roger meets Jesus. And by just just talking to him for at least a half hour, sent straight to hell. <laughs> the end of the film is, is Roger in hell, attempting Jesus happens to, to be blue. <laughs> that, is Jesus that his punishment? Is he becomes blue boy. What he hates most? No, no. Adam was saying Jesus is blue, and so Roger can't help himself. <laughs> he just voices his opinions on the blue race. Roger's going to be rein- reincarnated as uh, Skeeter in the next life. This is his penance. <laughs> now, now, Jesus, I'm not prejudiced or anything, but uh, is that a nose or a ski slope? Honk! <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. So Dink's first movie. <laughs> Mr. Dink's first movie. <laughs> I think we go opposite order this time. All right. Oh, so I got to start it out then? On the we, yeah. oh, oh, I guess we have different order. Oh, we must have different orders on our different yeah. Zoom screens. Okay. Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. So, uh, Mr. Dink is obviously working on his perfect invention because he's an older man now and he can't sexually satisfy his wife. He's working on a device. It's like virtual reality, but for <laughs> genitals. He attaches one to his wife's punani and one to his penis. And it simulates... A virtual sex reality. Sam? Alright. Uh, but something goes terribly awry. The machine breaks. It will not stop. They're both <laughs> in a constant... <laughs> a constant state of pleasure. Uh, I'm in pure ecstasy. Ma- Mayor Tippy is, is conducting a press conference quivering... <laughs> Mr. Dink has no. <laughs> Mr. Dink's pants are ruined. <laughs> Drew. <laughs> well, where did you fucking go after that? <laughs> we have, we have the. This one we're following the logical narrative, uh, narrative, uh, narrative arc. So Drew. I just love Mr. Dink's pants are ruined. <laughs> just the emphasis on that. <laughs> they gotta be by that point. They were already, they are now. Mayor Tippy says, this problem is too big for just the two of us to solve. 
we need to gather the most brilliant minds in all of Bluffington. And so they call the Sleech brothers <laughs> and Elmo and the fish tie guy. Yeah, Alan Alan Moose Leech, and then there's a nerd named nerd named Elmo who's just purple and has glasses. Okay. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So the Sleeches then proceed to stick a comedically guards large screwdriver into the device. Attempting to break Mr. Ding free of its 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 pleasurable <laughs> binds, but in the process end up completely castrating Mr. Ding. Okay, you go, Alexis. <laughs> what does Mr. Dink do? So, Mr. Dink and Mayor Tippy thought this was gonna put a damper on their marriage. Okay, you love a man with no dick and balls, to say the least. But it turned out, it turned out. It was great for Mayor Tippy's career. <laughs> <laughs> the movie was actually about her all along. She could focus on something besides Mr. Dink's meat. <laughs> and his pants are still ruined. So, she, she's, she's really excited because at the movie you can tell she's just so happy, full of ecstasy. Man, what's that word? <laughs> Yes. Ectasy? Ectoplasm. She's full of ectoplasm. ectoplasm. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is happening during and Doug's first movie. <laughs> and that's why her hair's all fucked up at the end. And, you know, Mr. Dink, he he doesn't really give a fuck about his penis. He's like, well, now he he's like, he's more into VR. Mrs. Dink is living leaving him alone. He's living the life of a house husband. I can sit cross-legged. <laughs> it's amazing. Watch me do a full split. <laughs> now Mr. Dink can reach his tank. Douglas, I can think so much more clearly now. My inventions <laughs> are so much more expensive. My, the world is bigger than my mighty dawn. <laughs> but not by much, Douglas. I'm no longer wrapped. <laughs> but not by much. I'm no longer wrapped up with interest and sins of the flesh, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Mr. Dink's movie first movie ends yeah thank you <laughs> Riley Doug's you Mac universe is truly fascinating Riley you begin you begin Guy Graham's Fuck, first uh, movie Guy Graham's first movie oh, shit okay um you can pass if you want fuck it's no, 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 I, I gotta do this so it's gotta happen during the events of the Doug movie you know let's not bind ourselves to that <laughs> okay um, these have been really dirty. I want to make I want to make one that's not so fucking. I'm gonna be crude. honest. I figured this would be the statutory one. <laughs> that's fair. Awooga. Okay, so give me a moment. I gotta think of something that's not that we yeah, can actually take, use. Take your time. I can edit out whatever <laughs> no, doesn't every, fly. Everything. Okay, everything's too awful. So Guy Graham is trying to get the latest scoop on uh cockfighting. Fuck, I'm cock. Yeah, Guy Graham's trying to un uncover the uh, the secret cockfighting events that are run in the school's basement. <laughs> I thought you said it was going to be wholesome. It, it's just not sexual. It's still terrible. But there's you know, cocks you know, involved. You know what a podcast we're on? That's kind of a motif of ours. If you guys haven't noticed yet. See, he's trying to uncover the cockfighting ring. All right. Oh, and he, but he's he's doing it for selfish reasons. He's trying to get into Patty Manny's speech. <laughs> She's an animal rights activist, and she's like... Wait, I forgot the previous conversation. 
<laughs> and she's like, oh, like, those yes. poor cocks. <laughs> and Guy's like, I'll get to the bottom of this, sugar pea. <laughs> and so as as Guy Graham is invest- investigating the secret cock fighting arena that's happening in the Bluffington BB Middle School, uh, he discovers that uh, the people running the cockfighting ring say it's perfectly ethical because, what's this? They're cloning all the cocks that they use in the fight. Yep, I'll pass it to Sam. Guy Graham decides to get to the bottom of things and find out who is really running this cockfighting ring. As he looks in, as he looks into these cloned chickens, he quickly finds he quickly traces its way back to the facility, the cloning facility, run by Michael Keaton <laughs> and the old doctor. <laughs> They're back. Michael Keaton's cloning chickens and making a cockfighting ring. Him and his four clones. They're making a killing off of this. Adam. Uh, Guy Graham gets in an altercation with Michael Keaton, and he grabs him by the head to put him in a headlock. But what's this? He pushes a button, and his robotic mask falls off. It's Larry Butzovich in disguise. <laughs> he was disguised as Michael Keaton. <laughs> he was disguised as Michael Keaton. No one's going to stop a celebrity from their duel behavior. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alexis, take us home. Um, who's Larry Butzovich? He's the one with the fish tie. No, he's not. He's just this weird little pink guy that appeared at one point in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Alexis, what does the guy Graham do once he discovers the cockfighting ring and engages Michael Keaton in battle? So Guy, he he didn't have a clue what was coming. He found out that Michael Keaton is the fall guy. The door busts open. And in walks Mr. Swirl. Oh, oh, oh Swirly. <laughs> Guy stood there in shock. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to breathe. <laughs> it, but it all made sense at the same time. How could someone make a living off of ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> so how, how does it fully end, Alexis? You're the one who's got to take us home. Guy goes... Hey, 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 I I won't tell, I swear. (laughs) Mr. Swirl doesn't say a word. (laughs) (laughs) He stiffly walks towards Guy and throws him into a pit of cocks. (laughs) Oh, God, they're in my mouth. It's, it's like the guy in the fucking pig pit in Hannibal. Mm. <laughs> just tear the, his freaking riding hand apart, and he just has to go to a writer's retirement home early. Broken heart and eviscerated hand. I think they send writers that can't write to the glue factory, Adam. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry if that was too dramatic. Um, I'm kind of a dramatic person. No, I like Usually, it. I, I mean... Usually I'm I'm stressed out when a bunch of people are around me, so I pretend I go off into my own world and I think my, of myself as the toxic gash. <laughs> Please elaborate. I'm in a group of people, and I feel trapped. So my defense, my instinct is to fart out of my pussy and queef real loud. And it smells so bad. (laughs) When Alexis feels threatened, she goes back into a vagina like a turtle. Yeah, (laughs) it smells so bad that everyone dissipates and leaves. 
I'm still just fucked up that Mr. Swirly comes in as the big reveal and he doesn't say a word. Final <laughs> boss. fucking kills Mr. There's a post-credit scene where guys at the riding rehabilitation center, his hand is completely just like a, a bone skeleton hand. And he's like, I'll never ride again! And then, uh, <laughs> then the nurse is like, okay, guy, uh, well, let's have some ice cream to get your strength back up. And he starts eating it. He says, this is pretty good. Where'd you get it? She says, from Swirlies. <laughs> she rips off her mask. It's Mr. Swirly. Guy got poisoned. Now nobody will blow the whistle. <laughs> You know, guys, we've had a lot of laughs here today. Mm. We've had a lot of, you know, a lot of jokes, a lot of guffaws. I was just, you know, thinking about the future, and thinking about the future makes me wonder, where are these Doug characters now? Well, we know where Doug what? is. Where's that? Doug is in a mental asylum in a straitjacket, <sighs> given minimal food and water every day. His only diet comes from antisocial personality disorder pills. <laughs> I was thinking he was living at home, claiming that he was a writer, but never actually wrote anything and was just an alcoholic. <laughs> and every day Doug goes to his, his day job, being the worst salesman at Roger's car dealership. His used car dealership. <laughs> Come buy your cars from Roger. We've got the best deals in town with no APR financing. Blue boys need not apply. <laughs> I think Judy I, and Porkchop get married. Okay. <laughs> they move to Florida. <laughs> You're really my only friend, Porkchop. And you got the tightest little puppy ass this side of the Mason-Dixie. No. Sorry, that's cutting out. Is it, though? <laughs> we'll see Herman, Melville cha- Herman Melville chases them down and drowns Judy, so that way he could be there for the ro- rebound for Porkchop. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Guy Graham? Whatever happened to Guy Graham, upperclassman you know, Guy Graham? I, I consider the Guy Graham first movie canon. He's dead. He was poisoned by Mr. Swirly. <laughs> He's fucking dead. <laughs> he tragically he, died young. He was spoon-fed tainted ice cream and had like diarrhea until he died. Guy Graham he, works for Activision now. <laughs> <laughs> Microtransactions. It's gonna be huge. Okay, Riley, you take Mr. Dink. Where, where's Mr. Dink now? Mm. Yeah. I can't say that. No. Oh. Uh, 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 why, why do you keep inviting me on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's a constant, like, viciously pumping the brakes. Just pushing into the status quo. Just what do you feel? I feel Mr. Dink. You do? No, no, no. And you can't Did say it. he's the CEO of Enron, because that's the easy answer. That's the easy answer? <laughs> Mr. Dink went on to sell a very very effective and draining sex toy line (laughs) and he got to retire happily see that's a happy ending and he he ruined an entire nation's pants (laughs) I love describing a sex toy line as draining (laughs) yeah that was the I mean it sounded pretty draining draining from his movie I'm Bud Dink kiss your pants goodbye (laughs) Like, I hope you're plenty hydrated, Doug. <laughs> oh no! Drink two Gatorades trying to day. sell one to. Why is he trying to sell one to Doug? <laughs> he sold one to everybody else. Doug would fuck. Doug would own five. <laughs> Alexis, whatever happened to uh? Whatever happened to Skeeter? I was hoping you'd ask that. So, 
Where do little boys go when they fly? <laughs> you have my attention. I just imagine him like, I'm sorry, I'm going to take it from you, but I imagine him just like, it, it's like someone turned on no clip and he just floats into the sky and becomes one with the ozone. <laughs> <laughs> he just mixes with the blue sky. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to become a pilot. <laughs> I know what he but. does. He, he becomes like Sully. His honking attracts the geese, and then he has to make yes. a miracle landing on the Hudson. He's like Captain Sully, except it was his fault. <laughs> he's taking Baby on her first flight, and he's like, wow, have you ever been in, in an airplane with someone who's been in an airplane crash three times? No. They say it's safer than driving, but I've crashed three consecutive times. Honk, honk. <laughs> Don't worry, Baby, I always bring her down safe. <laughs> I like to imagine Connie Benj is the most successful person in the history of Bluffington. Like, I don't know, maybe apprenticing with Mayor Tippy and then being Bluffington's youngest mayor and taking Bill Bluff's ass to court. I just really <laughs> like to know that she got over Doug and, you know, just, like, really fulfilled herself as a person after how Disney did her. Did she keep the weight off? I think that whatever she looks like, she's happy with it. Right answer. That did was a true question. Did we tell you about this, Riley and Alexis? I... no. <laughs> so in, in the Nick version of Doug, there was this character, Connie Benj, who had a crush on Doug, but then uh, Doug rejected her because he's such a patty simp, <laughs> and so for like the rest of that series, she was kind of sad. And then when the show transferred to Disney, Disney started drawing her really skinny because she used to be kind of chubby. And their explanation was that Connie was so sad after being rejected by Doug that she went to a fat camp. Mm. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck that. Do, 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 do. So I just really want her to have a happy ending. Hmm. Alright, now that we've got like through that. a bunch of the, the, the side characters, let's talk about... We've all kind of gone over... Um, characters on our own but let's come together here let's join hands and we'll talk about patty mayonnaise where she is now hands guantanamo bay first woman <laughs> of the united states first woman president of the united states patty mayonnaise is that who you're talking about adam I, that's who i'm talking about i'm talking to mrs first lady okay okay mrs president there are two there are two faces to every patty mayonnaise coin there is the leader of the country but there's also the violent Hillary Clinton sociopath. Mm. I think that's Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> her, she becomes Mr. Her Bluff's child rate, bride. <laughs> her divorce rate is in the double digits. Oh. <laughs> she's like the first woman president, so some people are trying to like hype it up as being really progressive, but really she's just the female Donald Trump. First man Doug. He just looks drained. <laughs> He's drained because of Mr. Dink's sex toy <laughs> Which is, uh, unfortunately, the, the, the recall came too late, still stuck to his genitals. I was just gonna ask if you think Doug would follow in Mr. Dink's footsteps and become a house husband and an investor in sex toys. <laughs> Less oh, investor, good. more enthusiast. <laughs> Doug is like the Avon of sex toys and paraphernalia. He just goes door to door, 
selling dildos, pocket pussies, fleshlights, anything that jingles and jangles he's got in his fucking briefcase. He's got the Mr. Swirly dildo. (laughs) Right before they shut the door on him, he puts his foot to stop them and goes, Hey, don't you want to see how it works? (laughs) (laughs) They they shut the door on him, then he he uses the sheer vibrations to cut a hole. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also good for parties. This is where it ends, right? (laughs) I think we're running out of steam. (laughs) Not because we're out of steam, but because this is where it has to end. I'm speaking from my, I'm out of fucking steam. I can I woke go up like all week. Thirty baby. minutes before the podcast started, and I've already down twelve fucking beers. Steam just wait, is gone. Just wait till they come back in the next season, and we just start talking about Doug again. They're really confused. Speaking of which, should we should we announce what the next movie is? Do you think it's too soon for that? Do we know? Well, it it, it depends. If we make a hard announcement, then that's what we're stuck with. Did the podcast end or not? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been the third season of Edging On Podcast, Edging On Doug. And let us say our, our final outro. I have been Drew. I have been Sam. And I've been Adam. And our guests this week. Alexis. And Riley. Thank and you, pleasure everybody. pleasure dug me and over all these weeks. Yeah, we won't dunk you this final time because, I mean, you know new what? Year, new us. We did promise in our oh. finale special that we would teach them how to de-dug themselves. Oh, Riley, we just got dugged. No, you didn't. <laughs> Were you not listening to us? No, she dugged me. <gasps> what? Oh. <laughs> well, Riley, since Riley's been dugged, we can't tell the secret of how to get de-dugged on this call. The secret is uh, one shot no, of penicillin. No, please. I'm sorry, Riley, but I'm sorry to the entire audience that was waiting to find out how to get D-Dug, but it looks like it's not going to happen. Doug is just going to keep spreading worldwide. (laughs) It's stretching me over like the Venom symbiote. Riley's story could become bland and less funny over time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes, it's definitely starting right now. It's sucking all the funny juice out of Riley's (laughs) sweet, sweet lips. Yep, it's happening right now and not about an hour and a half ago. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you're funny, you know you're funny, you stupid bitch. I'm fucking not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're uh, both no, fucking funny. The green funny. sweater is appearing on my torso. Oh, 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 oh. Cut it off! Quarantine! Quarantine! Alexis, tie a tourniquet, hurry. I know how to end it. Oh god! It. <laughs> it's aggressive! <laughs> That was Edging on Doug. New episodes released every Friday. Tune in next week to hear us continue to talk about Doug's first movie in 10-minute increments. Be sure to like and follow to avoid being dugged. The Edging on Podcast is a podcast started by Sam, featuring Drew and Adam. Original music created by Sam, featuring outro theme, family album by Waverider. <laughs>